Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of Game Rivals. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and as always, I am here with the... Ah, good grief, I didn't think of anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, what a bummer! With the, with the newest family to the Twitch influencers, oh, Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm good. Please do not call me an influencer. I am not one of them. I hate the word. But besides that, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm very good. Um, it's been uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. We have a lot of news to go through. Um, there's a lot of updates that we can talk about. Um, some good, some potentially not as good. Um, we also got a lot of stuff to talk about in what we've been playing. So that's going to be very exciting. So stick around for that. Uh, let's just jump right in. And start with the uh, well. Actually, what do you want to start start with? Because we have a lot of things to, to talk about. Uh, I think there's an update around the whole Blizzard thingy that's going or Activision lawsuit that's going on. I know that's that some right. people resigned, some high executives resigned, and then other people took over. It just yep. from one side. I mean, remember who remember who resigned? Yeah, I think the CEO of Blizzard resigned. Yep, Jay Allen Brack. Yeah. But Love you know what? Love the, saying that name. <laughs> what, what I find weird is that, at least for me as an outsider, it's looking like Activision is painting this whole, is, is, is creating this narrative where they're like, there's nothing wrong with us, Activision. The, the bad part is all in Blizzard, you know? Those are like the, the guys in, uh, that, that created all that stuff you're suing us about. And we're doing our best to, to fight it. We're firing executives. We're, we're basically doing a purge. So you don't have to worry about a thing. Us, Activision, we're the good guys. Mm -hmm. uh, look, we even fired the CEO of, of, uh, of Blizzard. Yeah, he resigned, but you know why he resigned. And there's another, I think, senior vice president that resigned. So like basically... Yeah, like before that. Yeah, yeah so, so basically they're creating this narrative in which they're painting themselves as the good guys. And they're saying, hey, uh, we're, we're going to take care of our little brother. You know, he's been bad. We're going to put him on the right path. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. You know what needs to happen? This shit happens from the top and it goes all the way down. So what needs to happen is Bobby Kotick. Fire Bobby Kotick. Yeah, he needs to move, man. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. he's made millions. Heck, I think he's even made billions. Your time is over. Just get out, man. Because you cannot. I mean, it is that Blizzard has this amazing stellar reputation, though I wonder if it's not fading away. Um, uh, it of, is. It's it's been chipping away for a really yeah, long time. Yeah, and not because of the whole thing that's going on right now, but more. Oh like, no, this is that's besides that. Yeah, yeah. so like, not, it it all fits into that narrative of like, we're setting little brother straight. Don't worry about a thing. We got you, you know. And I I don't agree with that. Yeah, neither. So here's the thing with um with all that that's going down, right? Because they're obviously doing it so that they can, like you said, paint a good light. Because they're still getting, like, at the end of the day, they're still getting sued. Yeah. Like, it's going to take a while because America, but they're still getting sued for this. Yeah. And they have credible proof. There are receipts. So at the end of the day, like, a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. Unfortunately, the people that are going to lose their jobs are also going to be getting golden parachutes. And this probably... is something that is unfortunately not something that we can work around unless... Unless there's something in the lawsuit that prevents them from getting a golden parachute. Well, and probably the people that will get fired 
won't be like high up in the food chain, really people that matter. It won't be a big name. It'll just be some random dude or they need to make a scapegoat out of. And they're like, you know what? We're going to have to fire you, but don't worry. We'll take care of you. Here's a million. Just make sure you don't talk about it. You know, I mean, it's not like they're going to fire Bobby Kotick. Mm, well, no, mate. Well, we don't know yet because the thing is, the 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 state of California is not the only one that's suing them. The shareholders are suing them as well because the shareholders are suing the company because the company was withholding information that they were not aware of that tanked the shares of the 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 stock the the, the stock prices of Activision Blizzard. I sorry. Those are very difficult words. <laughs> my apologies. But you get my Speak point, slowly, right? Slowly, one word and syllable at a time. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm in your... I will speak very slow and depressing. I am Groot. <laughs> Wouldn't it be re- ridiculous if we did the whole thing just I am I think a lot of people would uh, tune out of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. So let's not do that. Let's not do it. But as I was saying, they're getting sued by the by the by the shareholders, which is a good thing because that means if it goes through, Bobby Kotick would be out there. Out of yeah. The question is, would he be getting a golden parachute? Most likely, yes. Yeah, but he doesn't need a golden parachute. World. The guy need has of not. so much money. Neither did Don Matrick, and he still got some. Yeah. After almost ruining the Xbox yeah, but brand, I would say the situation with with Don Metric is that he just is different. But yeah, he made a lot of bad doesn't... decisions, but not like condone a horrible culture in the company. Yeah, I mean, sure, but still, you know, dude leaves a country, a country company, and still gets paid for it to leave. But I think that's no maybe also that. There's probably some contractual stuff in there that maybe oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they need to pay him from a compensation point of view. Otherwise, it's breach of contract. And then they get an opportunity to be sued. And I think that's generally the reason why, like, you know, here's a big bag of money. Happy days. Thanks for your services. Bye. Yeah. Um, there is one thing, though, with this whole thing is that at the very least, the employees are not taking this lying down. Um. The um, I don't know what what happened with her, but the um, head of like HR, the the tone deaf lady that was working that that used to work for the Bush administration. Yes. Yeah. So she's been put out of a lo- under a lot of pressure. Um, she got uh, she got flagged for what she um, how she responded, and then she tried to fight back on on uh, Twitter. People fought back against her. They ratioed the crap out of her. Then she deleted her account. So oh, she's wow. not on Twitter anymore. Okay. She thought, oh, I can like say this and it'll be okay. And it backfired so hard that she was like, I'm just gonna delete this now. And expect like act like it didn't happen. But we know it happened. It's on the internet. You can go to archive.com and find it there again. Or probably someone um, shot. Exactly. A lot of people took screenshots, so that's fine. Um, you know, so I don't know what's with going on with her, but it seems like she might also be on her way out if things keep going the way they do, because she is unbelievably tone deaf about all this. 
and she does not deserve to be the head of that department at all if this is how you're going to treat the employees. And the employees are still not taking this lying down. They're like, um, get rid of the law firm that you have hired to um, in- investigate this because they are a known client. They are also known as union busters and they um, basically don't do anything in the benefit of the employees, just the employer. So they're working to fight against that hard and I wish them all the best because they deserve to get like the respect that they earn, especially the ones that are uh, being affected by this, the minorities, the women, um, uh, the differently gendered, like all of them, right? Like they do all the hard work. They're getting all this crap dumped on them and they couldn't do anything about it. Now they're actually fighting back. So I really hope it works out for them. We're just going to have to wait and see because like I said, America, so justice system is slow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, at the very least, the people that took over should be okay. That took over for, for Brack. Um, Jen O'Neill and Mike Ibarra. Um, I think Ibarra was from Xbox. I think so as well. Xbox. Yeah. And Jen O'Neill, let me see the ad article here quickly. Um, yeah, so O'Neill has been working at Activision Blizzard for 18 years. Um, she used to be the head of Vicarious Vision. Uh, Rip Vicarious Visions. They're still uh, around. They help on Call of Duty. Yeah, but they're not like... Wait, really? Oh, I, yeah, thought they they... Were... I thought they got like dissolved and absorbed. No, they, they're like a support studio for Warzone. Uh, uh, or the, I, th- I even think that they're the live team for Warzone. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, well, so she's doing it in Yerbara. Um, started at 2019, used to be on the Xbox division. Uh, so he also has like tons of experience in the game industry. Yeah. Are they better replacements than JL at Brack? Only time will tell. Yeah. And uh, Bobby Kotick, we hope you get fired because the industry does not need you anymore. Just take your money and leave. I mean, you probably can sleep on stacks and stacks of money. Exactly. Um, Yeah, so out of the depressing and onto the more big interesting, actually, is apparently Google tried buying some or all of Epic. I think the they considered like, it, right? Yeah, considered, yeah. yeah. Not like they weren't like actively pursuing it, they were considering it. Yeah, apparently. Uh according to uh court documents. So that's actually kind of interesting because if they did, the only good thing that would come from this is that whatever part they bought from Epic or if they bought all of Epic would not be managed by Tencent anymore. So at least the 40% stake would, they'd have to buy the 40% stake from Tencent unless there's something in the contract that Epic had with Tencent that says if they do eventually get bought out by another company, they'd still have to partner with Tencent and Tencent keeps their 40%. I don't think that that would be the case. I think for something like that to work, they'd have to buy Tencent out, which is a lot of money because they put a lot of money into Epic. Yeah. 
But a lot of people are like, that actually doesn't sound like a bad idea. And then you remember it's Google and Google kind of is not good with games. I I still think uh, Stadia is a missed opportunity. It could have been so much more. And I think it's going to be, I think like, I don't think Stadia will see 2023. If it sees 2023, I'll be shocked. Yeah, I'll be shocked. Actually, if it sees 2022, I'll be shocked. Because have we heard? Like, okay, to be fair, there are still games being released also on Stadia. Yes. That are being made available on Stadia, which is by far the most surprising thing. So there, either Google is paying developers to put their games on Stadia, or they're making it at least worthwhile to have their games be on Stadia. Yeah, but didn't, um, what you call it, didn't Stadia, uh, there was Google I.O., right? Didn't they? Yeah. I, I can't they remember if they announced. They about Stadia. Yeah, so Did I they? cannot remember talking them talking about Stadia, which is odd because, um, you know, it's a Google event. Why not talk about Stadia? Of the year, yeah. Yeah. And they didn't do anything at E3. Nope. So they've never done anything at E3. Not even when. Um, didn't they do? Not even when. I think no, in no, the no, f- first year they did something at E3. No, they did. They did a. They did a Stadia Connect. Yeah, well, it's around like, the window of E3. Yeah, yeah, they did. I think we, because we, I remember that because it was 2019, and we were bashing. <laughs> the crap out of no Stadia. the funny thing is, is it <laughs> and was, it was like a week yeah. it was a week before it was two weeks before e3 that's why yeah but like that stadia connect changed me from being super enthusiastic to being bashing it because it was at that e3 or that stadia connect that they revealed their master plan their evil master plan where everybody was like what i thought you guys were supposed to be the netflix of gaming but you're not yep Oh, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Google I/O website. It's not even on there. Oh. As a subject, it's not even on there. It feels like uh, like I... you see everything. You see accessibility, Google Play, Cloud, Google Play, uh, Google Pay, uh, Material Design, TensorFlow, sure because of the new Tensor Core, um, Flutter, whatever that is, but no. So, so basically. They they kind of like got a child that eventually they didn't want, so they're kind of like they acknowledge that they have a child, but they're they're not really taking care of that child. Okay, but to be fair, it's not like they. So they also talked like about the new Pixel phones, but they did not. There's not a like a specific subject that says Pixel phone, unless you like really look for it. Um, Anyways, it's like it's really sad. Yeah, it is very sad. Um, I don't know how long Stadia has. I don't Do... think they have long. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. As long as their game's still being released, we can at least say that it'll stay alive for a while. Um, at least other people are, or other companies are doing it better. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Nintendo broke like a big record, at least in Japan. Um for the first time in 30 years, a Nintendo console has dominated the top 30 in Japan's sales chart for the week of... Let me check that real quick. It was last week. 
um, as of this uh, as of this recording, and it was held by the Famicom, so the NES equivalent. Wow! Basically, all the because you could see the here's the thing you could see it coming because leading up until last week, more and more games were taking up spots in the weekly sales chart for Japan. So it was an inevitability, mostly because um, even though Xbox is doing better in Japan, it's still not a lot. (laughs) Game Pass can have an impact on this as well, because apparently Game Pass is very popular in, in Japan, because, hey, you're paying... The equivalent of 15 bucks a month and you have access to all the games mm-hmm. the xbox series s is more popular so you're not buying physical games you're doing digital and you're doing game pass so for the most part you're probably not even buying games you're just downloading them for free um so it's, not, it's like games for xbox are not gonna show up that quickly on the weekly sales chart in japan PlayStation 4 and 5, however, is a completely different thing altogether. They've completely etched out PlayStation 4 uh, software sales from the weekly sales, as is right now. And there are barely any PlayStation 5 games outside of, like, their launch weeks. Like, they'll do well their initial launch week and, like, the week after that. And then they steadily, like go down. And I think partially, again, has to do with the fact that um, the weekly sales tend to follow physical sales. It does not include digital. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the, the like, it having this record is really cool, but I will give it the caveat that probably more people are also doing more digital sales, um, because you now have, like, the all-digital uh, PlayStation 5, and of course, the all-digital Series S. Um, Despite the fact that, like, apparently eShop sales are really good. So, uh, despite the fact that eShop sales are really good, it still dominated a whole entire week in Japan, which is kind of cool. Yay. Um, the other cool thing is, guess what was what number one? I didn't put up the article. I forgot, but I just remembered. Guess what was number one on the MPD sales for July in the U.S.? Take a wild guess that what was number one. Um, is it a Switch game? It is a Switch game. Mario Kart? Good guess, but no. Skyward Flippin' Sword. Oh, yeah, I th- I was going to say that, but I, wa- I thought it was too obvious, but... Yeah, that would have... That would be like, well, that sounds way too obvious, but also, really? And the answer is, yeah, really. Is Skyward Number Sword two that... was Call of Duty. But, like, Skyward Sword is... Is are you surprised? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so I am a bit surprised for two reasons. One, Skyward Sword is only available on Switch. Yes. Um, despite the fact that Call of Duty is number two, the way the MPD works these days is that it pulls all the sales together. So it doesn't differ. It technically doesn't differentiate between multi-platform games. Mm-hmm. It just differentiates between exclusive games. And non-exclusive games. So if you have a multi-platform game like Call of Duty, which mm-hmm. comes out on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, mm-hmm. Stadia. Um, I don't. Is it on Stadia? I don't think. think so. I don't think it's on Stadia. Yeah. Um, so at least those three, and it's physical sales because MPDs only tracks physical sales. Mm-hmm. The fact that um, Skyward Sword is on number one 
as a console exclusive says a lot. To be fair, Cold War has been out for almost a year, so you know, take that as you will. But that's still a pretty decent achievement to have for a game that most people hated. I would so, say that um, as a, you know, I think, I mean, I, I uh, Zelda Skyward Sword is not my game, kind of game, but if you're like a, a Switch owner and mm-hmm. there hasn't been a lot of major titles coming out on the Switch recently, this is one of those major titles. So like it, it would be the most, it's basically like Horizon Forbidden West. So like if Horizon Forbidden West comes out tomorrow, everybody will buy that game because it's a major release on a PS4 and a PS5. So it's 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 like a system seller. So everybody's bound to buy it. And then the next week you'll see it on number one in NPD. So I think like maybe Zelda has the same effect because Switch owners are basically waiting for a big game. It's been a while and this is... And some people that know what they're getting into, some people are like, oh, I don't know. I haven't heard of this game before. I like Zelda or Breath of the Wild. Let me try this. So I think yeah. it's it's because there hasn't been anything big because it's it hasn't there's it hasn't been anything big on any platform these few weeks. So no, I mean the last thing that came out that was interesting was Ratchet and Clank for Wii yeah. PlayStation Five. Yeah, and again with Microsoft Game Pass, everything that Microsoft puts out is day and date on Game Pass. Yeah, but they so... also haven't done like a big release. I mean, their well, last... they have. Microsoft Flight Simulator was the last biggest thing. At least yeah. they hyped it out as a big thing because, to be fair, it is big because yeah, it's the yeah. first time that Flight Simulator has been on console. Yeah. And it actually looks and runs pretty good. Yeah. 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 Um, like I said, the fall is going to be crazy. Too well, bad. I don't know that... because there are rumors. No, think about it because, because like, Kenna got delayed. Well, it was supposed to come out month. next week. Yeah, yeah but that, ten, that essentially practically puts it in the beginning of fall yes october is completely stacked with but what's coming, coming out in october besides i mean like for me oh wait that, no did they, they i was about to say riders republic but that got delayed yeah um, and battlefield, battlefield yeah but that's the only game i know and battlefield Canada. is coming out in october um maybe call of duty because uh, they're going to well, announce a new call of duty in three days exactly so call of duty probably another one um uh, I know that you don't like it, but Guardians of the Galaxy is essentially potentially another yeah. big one. Yeah. Um, Metroid is coming out. Dread. That's yeah. also October. Yeah. Um, I'm really trying to think of the other one. Like there were so many things that were announced that were coming out in October. I remember that there were a lot of stuff announced at E3 that are coming out in either October and uh, 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 September and October. So September is going to be pretty busy. And October is going to be even more busy. Um, there's, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's like a like a, yeah, I mean, a released l- list. The only that. two games that aren't mentioned is Halo Infinite, which is coming out this holiday season. Mm-hmm. And I think we that'll still be... still don't have a date for that. Yeah, I think that's October, November. And then the other game is Horizon Forbidden West, but there are rumors circulating that Sony pushed it to Q1 2022. Um, let me put it this way. It, it is in the realm of possibilities. Mm-hmm. But... I cannot, or let me let me say this: If they push Forbidden West the next quarter, uh, next year, yeah. then Sony basically has nothing for this holiday season. So then I I'm predicting they'll announce something that not a lot of people will be happy with, but they'll announce either a director's cut for The Last of Us Two, mm-hmm. or they will do a remake for the first Last of Us, 
or they will do a director's cut for Horizon Zero Dawn, they will announce some form of remake or remaster or director's cut to fill that gap. I'll get back to you on that one because there's another rumor that I forgot to put in here Okay, that is very likely that might actually fill that uh, role. So uh, I just pulled up uh, the release list for PlayStation 5 because basically one-to-one for Xbox um, on GameFAQs. Um, October, we're getting Far Cry 6. We're getting Back for Blood. We're getting uh, Battlefield. We're getting uh, Edge of Eternity. We're getting uh, Plague... No, wait, that's Plague Tale Innocence. That's the old one that we need. Um, we're getting Guardians of the Galaxy, like I said. Um, so those are basically like the multi-platform games, right? Yeah. And then you have the stuff, like I said, on Nintendo, you have like uh, Metroid also coming out uh, that same month. Fatal Frame is coming out, which is also a big one because it used to be a Wii U exclusive. Now it's coming to all platforms. Um, uh, Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes. Mm. It's also a game that a lot of people are excited about. So there's a lot of stuff coming multi, uh, multi-platform. multi There's not a lot coming exclusively outside of like what I can think of as Metroid. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you probably have like the exclusivity deal with um, Call of Duty and PlayStation, yep. which, which where it probably comes out on PlayStation before it comes out on, on Xbox, but that... Who really cares about this about that kind of stuff at the time? It's mostly DLC that comes out first on PlayStation, then on Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not that interesting. But yeah, yeah, those are those are like some of the games that are coming out um that month. Oh, and yeah. um for those that are interested in Super Mario Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. yeah but like coming back to Horizon. I know that when they did the gameplay reveal, I think either there or close in that window, the game director, and I think also Herman Hulse, or either the game director, Matthias Tiong, he said, the game is basically in beta. We're, we're just polishing the game right now. So the game is already done from a like gameplay point of view. We just need to polish it and make sure that it meets the level that people expect from us so we can bring it out this year. So like based on that, and also based on the fact that if Sony doesn't release that game this year and they don't fill the void that is left by it, they basically have nothing for this holiday season. A lot of people still want a PS5. A lot of people will probably get the PS5 because Sony has confirmed they've been able to get supply for, I think, up to 10 extra million of PS5s throughout the year. So, I mean, supply is increasing. They want to sell over 20 million before the fiscal year ends next year. And I mean... Halo Infinite is coming. So if you don't have anything for your PS5 to sell this holiday season, then everybody's going to buy Series X because they're going to be like, oh, I got to buy a PS5, but there's basically nothing to play on it besides the old games that came out on the PS4. But I don't care about that. I want some some new stuff. And then, yeah, then they'll basically give this holiday season away and they don't want to, of course. Well, some people like new stuff, but some people also like old stuff. And one particular rumor that's been coming up lately is that Rockstar is working on a remake of three games. Yes. GTA, GTA 3, yes. Vice City, and San Andreas. Yes. 
and it's apparently being the rumor states that it's apparently being done in Unreal Engine. So that means no more. Uh, what, what was that engine that where you, that they used? The back Rage in the day? Engine. The Rage. No, it wasn't Rage Engine, was it? Oh, you mean back in the GTA Three there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was middleware, I think. Uh, damn it! It was. It, it was. It also started with an R. I forget. It doesn't matter. Point is, they're doing it from the ground up. If they're doing okay. it in Unreal Engine, and it's also coming to all platforms, including Switch. Okay. Which is a big deal, but at the same time, like I said, there's a lot of people, like we've talked about this before, there are a lot of people super duper hungry for a new GTA. At the same time, there are a lot of people that like to revisit the classic GTA games in a more updated version that, Mm -hmm. you know, runs better, that doesn't have that stupid ragdoll physics. um, The endorphin physics engine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no! Not endorphin. In oh, like, it's oh, called you the mean ragdoll, the, it's called the ragdoll engine in GTA. Oh, in the old ones, yeah, it's, yeah, in the old ones. That one is the one that popularized ragdoll physics. Ah, with GTA Three. I remember in Battlefield Two once that uh, I was playing multiplayer, and that also had ragdoll physics, but also a bit too extreme. And then I was at this uh, railway cross, and then I saw an enemy player running around, so I grabbed my M4. I'm ready to shoot at him. And then I shot him in the head, and because of Ragdoll, I have no idea what happened. He literally flew like like Superman, like he flew <laughs> five meters. And I'm like, and I was headed like, whoa, what the hell just happened? I shot. Well, the that's guy. very realistic. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's the uh, Ragdoll engine. Yeah. yeah, that's what the Ragdoll. Like it's a it's a middleware, so like basically anybody can get it. But I think it was popularized by GTA Three, and then. You know, by seeding that like all other games were using it because, like Havoc Engine, it was a relatively cheap middleware to get and use and yep. easy to implement. So, yep. you know, if it's easy, it's cheap. If it's affordable, they're gonna implement it in a lot of games. So a lot of games have those weird ragdoll physics. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're gonna see that in the remake anymore unless they specifically do that, like they specifically code it in. Maybe like a classic um, mode that you can switch on the fly. But to be fair, like, to be fair, I think we've talked about this before. Like, there's two GTA games that I want to play. San Andreas, mostly because it has black people in it. And Vice City Stories, mostly because I want to hang out with Phil Collins. Uh, but I, I wonder if if they do it, if, I mean, it could go two ways. Fans could be really happy because they like those games. But it could also head in the other direction where fans get upset and angry because they're like, stop giving us this crap. It's been, what, 10 years since we got a new GTA game? Stop wasting our times. You're blowing money away on GTA Online. You made Red Dead and then you kind of left it out there without a proper multiplayer. You're you're giving us a remake of games we don't want. We want a new GTA 6. So like, there's a possibility that people might also go in that direction. I'm sure there are a bunch of there's I'm sure there's a vocal minority that'll say that, but there's also a vocal minority that has been wanting the remake of these games. Plus, these games will not be sold individually according to the rumors, but as a entire pack, like a which, legendary edition as Mass Effect. Did. Yeah, and it and from from what the rumors say, so again, it's rumors. Take it with the biggest grain of salt you can find. 
it would be priced relatively um, affordable. So like not 60 bucks for the three games. It doesn't matter what Rockstar charges. Everybody will buy it anyways. Yeah. I mean, heck, even I'm, I would consider buying it if it's like 50 or 40 bucks. I'd obviously get it for the Switch. Obviously. That is not the way. That is the way. That is not it the is way. the way for me. No, it is, it is not. Yes, it is. PS2, this is the way. I think we had this conversation before, and someone uh, we said, had it yesterday <laughs> during your live stream. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's it belongs on the PlayStation because it's a yes. PlayStation title. Like, yes. Well, Fatal Frame Five is coming to all platforms, and that was a Wii, ex- Wii U exclusive. But nobody cares. Or you aren't hearing people. The only downside of that coming to other platforms is the Nintendo exclusive content had to be taken out, mm. which kind of sucks. That sucks. We used to be, if you have the Wii U version, sorry, Americans, um, but if you have the Wii U version, you can actually dress up the main character as Princess Peach or Samus in the Zero Suit. Wow. And and take pictures of ghosts. That's cool. <laughs> that is very cool. It's a shame it's not in the, in, the, in, the, in the port, but, you know, I'd rather have the port and have the game than not have the port just because of the content. Hmm. And it's very interesting because Nintendo published that game. So I think that was probably part of the deal. We'll allow you to to re-release the game, but the costumes, you ain't getting it, and you're not allowed to put it in the Wii version, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Switch version. Weird. Too bad. It's too bad, but eh. at least we're getting the game, and a lot of people, a lot of more people get to experience Fatal Frame. I might actually... So I'm actually kind of two things on that particular thing i kind of want to get the switch version because then i can stream it but i also kind of want to pick up the wii u version except the wii u version is still full price 60 bucks oh wow yeah i wish it was cheaper won't the switch version be uh full price i actually didn't check that i'm most likely it is because again it's a wii u title most most of those games tend to be re-released full price plus it's multi-plat so Actually, I'm actually I'm not sure. Why don't you buy it, wait, and then buy it on the PS4? Because it'll get cheaper on the PS4. Why would it not get cheaper on the Switch? Because generally, games on the Switch always stay the same price. If it's Nintendo, but Nintendo's not publishing this version. Yeah, but like when I look for secondhand Switch games. If it's like a okay third-party game, it'll be cheaper secondhand. But if it's like a really good uh, game, it'll ask for close to full price. Yeah, I'll just wait for an eShops. No, it's oh, by the way, it's only it's only digital only. Ah, that makes Except sense. Except for in Japan, where it does get a physical copy. Yay! Yeah, but like the Wii U version was also digital only when it came out in Europe. Okay. Only in Japan did they get a physical copy, and it didn't even release in the U.S. So, wow, yeah. So the U.S. the U.S. folks are finally getting their chance to play Fatal Frame Five. It's really cool. Yay. I played the demo on the Wii U, and it's really cool. And I wanted to get it, but I felt that sixty was too much, and it never went down in price, which really sucks. It still has. Mm-hmm. Um. Onwards and upwards uh, from from uh, from good news about Nintendo to a little less good news from about Nintendo, because um, 
Nintendo has ordered a ROM hacking site, specifically ROM hacking site ROMverse, to destroy all their ROMs on their site by August 17th or else, as of this recording. Uh, it's one day away. So that means as you're listening to this, this was one day ago. We'll see what happens. I'm assuming that the site will be down by the time that you listen to this and you won't be able to download any ROMs from there. To be fair, ROM Universe um, offers two ways of downloading things like almost any other, you know, like not legal website for downloading stuff for free. And that is either downloading it for free slow or paying more and downloading it fast, which... Why would you pay for that? Uh, NES ROM site is like, and NES ROM is like a couple of kilodytes. What do you need the extra speed for? Anyway, but that's across the entire website, and the entire website is not just ROMs from Nintendo games. It's also ROMs from other um, consoles and stuff like that. So, yeah, that kind of sucks. Not the fact that they that you have to pay for faster downloads, but more the preservation stuff about it which is a little bit disappointing because there are like, I hope there's, there are others. I know I really can't say this, but I hope there are other sites that are able to preserve gaming history in a way that would not put them in a position where it gets shut down by Nintendo or any other company and preserve video games that you can't find anymore. Cause it is a real struggle. And I know that people are like, well, video game history, who cares? Blah, blah, blah. But just like with everything, history dictates how things go. Where we've been dictates where we are going. We can learn from the from the mistakes from the past, but we can also also learn some unique stuff from the past that we might be able to reuse again in the future. You never know. There might be a very cool, interesting game dynamic that was in a low-rent uh, game on the NES or on the Sega Master System or the SG-1000 or, heaven forbid, on the Atari 2600 or 7800 that might have an interesting mechanic that nobody has thought about in years and could inspire a new game developer into doing something old but new. But if it's not there, how are you going to do that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. It's not about like the downloading of ROMs for me because I haven't done done that in like. I don't even remember the last time I did that. Um, but yeah, sometimes you're like, okay, like I can't find this game anywhere. I kind of want to play it again, and I can't find it anywhere legally. So sometimes you do venture into that part of the internet and you look something like that up and. Yeah, you know, you want to play it either for nostalgic reasons, or if you're if you're or if you are curious for the historical reasons, do it for that. There are people that play games for like either historical reasons or otherwise. But if it's all gone and you aren't able to get it through a legal way, that kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, as I said, that I don't think that physical games will be around. At least physical generations won't be around for long i think after this one we'll get one more generation maybe not even uh and then maybe this, this two generations from now it's all digital all digital all subscription based mm, i'm still not looking forward to that 
Me neither, because I think it will inflate older games and older physical games because, you know, they're becoming scarce. Yep. So better start collecting. Mm, yeah, that's the part that's a bit uh, challenging. Um, there's a few more things I want to talk about before we head to what we've been playing. One is that on the day that this episode goes live, uh, the Pokemon company deemed it fit to also be doing a gosh darn Pokemon Presents about Pokemon's brilliant diamond and shining pearl. I'm like, wow, these companies really hate us because every time we record an episode and it's about to go live, there's either a Nintendo Direct, there's either a Pokemon Presents, there's either a State of Play, or what have you, that comes out literally days before our episode goes live or goes live a few days afterwards or gets announced on the day the episode goes live, and then you're like, gosh darn it, I wanted to talk about that. Um, <laughs> and by the time the only... we record a new episode, it's old news. Exactly. Oh, that's so annoying. Um, but I am looking forward to what they're going to talk about. Not so much the Diamond and Pearl remakes. That's that I've talked about it before. I'm not a big fan of the, the fact that they basically did a one-to-one remake. Um, something like Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee was way more interesting. Not the not the the catch mechanic, like just do it in that aesthetic and keep like the mechanics in there. That's great. You know, like Pokemon uh, uh Omega Ruby and Alpha Sire Sapphire. I know that there are not a lot of fans for that game, but that is a remake done right because they added a lot of new elements. They actually added a post-game that actually has story stuff that ties into like Pokemon lore, which is very interesting. Um, but this, I do, hopefully they do announce stuff like post-game stuff and more interesting stuff about uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. I hope so. I don't know. Um, what I'm looking forward to the most, as I've said before, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Let's freaking go. Open world Pokemon game. Set in feudal Japan. I'm still shocked. Feudal Pokemon Japan. I'm still shocked that this hasn't been done earlier. I everybody is. Like people have been clamoring, like I said before, like many times. People have been clamoring for an open world Pokemon game. The only thing that people have been clamoring more for is an official Pokemon MMO. Yep. Outside of that, open world Pokemon game, Pokemon in the wild, catch them battle them no battle transitions this shows the potential granted some of the pokemon a lot of the pokemon animations did not look that great um especially if the pokemon was far they were like animated with five frames which is really really mm. but that's a technical limitation well maybe it's because the game was super early because pokemon company 2 does tend to show pokemon games pretty early bugs and all i remember when they showed off pokemon x and y for the first time they showed they showed this sequence where like you can that was the first time you can accessorize your pokemon trainer and one of the accessories that was on the hat got stuck behind after an animation so you see the pokemon trainer swinging and you saw that the accessory was left behind you're like is that a game feature or a bug? <laughs> and then it turned out to be a bug. It's like, yeah. 
They left that in the trade. They couldn't do that again to get a better take. Okay. But uh, yeah. Maybe they're yeah, keeping like, it real. Exactly. So I think we're going to see at least some market improvement. But the real hope is that it looks way better than it did earlier this year. Because they already announced the date for it, which is the 28th of January of next year, which is very early. It's still it's like less than six months away. Yeah. So here's hoping that it looks a lot better. Here's hoping we see a lot more about the game mechanics, specifically how you catch Pokemon, how you train Pokemon, how you battle Pokemon. Um, and whatever else that they might announce. Uh I'm looking forward to that. That's the only thing I can relatively think about what they might do. Um, I can't even think of what they're going to do in terms of like the battle mechanics. They showed a little bit off when they announced it first, where it is in the wild. There does not seem to be a transition into a Pokemon battle. Um, there is the classic four four battle options. Let's you know, you had your four attacks. It did not show off like your bag or items, so not hundred percent sure how that's gonna work out. But I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so that's Wednesday. Um, same, like if you're listening to this episode after Wednesday, it has already happened. If you're listening to it as as it goes live, you have a couple of more hours before Pokemon Presents starts. <laughs> that's the only thing I can say. Um, but one thing did happen before we recorded, and that was the Indie World Showcase. And they showed off a lot of potent, like really interesting looking indie games. Um, I'm just going to highlight a few, otherwise we're going to keep going forever, and that's kind of not the point. But, like, I was super excited, and I told you, and you were like, oh, yay. I didn't watch but- <laughs> it, so I was like, oh, okay. No, but I told you about it afterwards. Like, yeah. oh, this game is finally coming to Switch. And I was like, I can't believe that it's coming to Switch. It's uh, Astroneer, right? Astroneer. I'm so happy. Can you tell that I'm happy? Oh, I can see it. Because, like I told you before, like the reason why I'm happy because Astroneer runs crap on my PC. Mm-hmm. I can play it on GeForce now, but the game doesn't support Steam uh, Cloud. So the saves are completely useless. So I can't play it on GeForce now, at least not in a meaningful way. The only thing that I had left was a Switch version, which we're getting, which we're getting early next year. But it also came to PS4 and Xbox, so. Yeah, but I want it on the go. You want everything on the go. Yes, because I'm an on-the-go kind of guy. I, I am, work a lot, so I'm on I'm a non-on-the-go kind of guy. You know, big screen, fancy graphics. When's the last time you've been at the at, at the office? You've been working at home for like a year. I'm actually going to the office on Wednesday. Oh, okay. That yeah. is very exciting. <laughs> but I'm not bringing my switch project. along. <laughs> What are you doing? That's the whole point. Yeah, but I can't. I'm not taking public transport. I'm going by car because after that, I'm going out for dinner. So I need the car. Ah, okay. Uh, all right. Look at you, fancy man, going out to dinner. <laughs> you know me. Gotta spend them monies I earn sitting at home. <laughs> <laughs> I have my money guns uh, stacked and ready. 
Oh my goodness. Oh, those I, I kind of want one of those things just for fun. I want as well. I've been saying it for years. I think you can order them online through AliExpress. I want one. Yeah. It's just so cool. Yeah, it's just like complete and total nonsense, but it's fun to use. Yeah. I think. I'm assuming. I mean, come on. Um, if, even if it shoots out fake money, it'll still be cool. Yeah. They shot off like sorry, I was Astro Near. Love that. Yes, yes. They shot off a bunch of other cool games. Um, they showed off Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, which is based, which is literally just a spiritual successor to uh, Jet Set Radio and Jet Set Radio Future, or Jet Grind Radio if you're in the US. If you don't know what that is, it's a inline uh, Jet Set Radio was an inline syndicating game where you like put graffiti on walls and you're chased by police and rival gangs and stuff like that, and you have to tag like neighborhoods, you know, like playing turfs. Claim your turf, claim all other turfs. And Bomb Rush Funk is kind of like that, but with, um, is it still inline skating? Like, it's not just inline skating, it's like skateboards and like on foot and like parkour and stuff like that. Uh, it looks really cool. It looks really pretty and it's coming out next year. Axiom Verge was one of those, one of those few games that had a shadow drop on the Switch. It got announced, um, or at least it got announced a couple of months ago, and then we heard nothing. Then it was on the indie world, and then we're like, it's coming today. And then like 20 minutes later, it was on all other platforms because it's a multi-platform games. But for like 20 brief minutes, it was a Nintendo Switch <laughs> timed exclusive. <laughs> oh, man. Um, they talked about another game called Tom, which is a photo-taking picture, the, the photo-taking game, which looks really pretty. Um, it's like this hand-drawn black and white art style, and you have to like these missions where you take pictures of certain characters and environments and stuff like that to complete the missions. Um, the, a new Shovel Knight game called Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, which is this action puzzle hybrid. If you've ever played a game called Henry Hatsworth on the DS, it's kind of like that, um, where like you do some action stuff and then it switches to like this match three kind of puzzle game with Shovel Knight and all other characters from the Shovel Knight universe. Metal Slug Tactics got another, another viewing and that is a that is still super weird to me. I'm kind of looking forward to it, mostly because it's Metal Slug. Um, Tetris Effect is coming to Switch. Tetris Effect and Arcade is coming to Switch. And it's multi-cross platform. And the big one is Eastward, which is a game published by Chucklefish, the same publishers of um, Stardew Valley. Ooh. And it looks really good. Um, the developers of this is... Uh, it starts with a P. Um, Pixpill. Pixpill is the developer. Like, the worlds look super-duper detailed. If you haven't checked it out, I recommend checking out the trailer. It looks really cool. And um, those are a few of the games that I wanted to mention that I wanted to, like, highlight from the indie, the indie, uh, indie world. I'd totally recommend, if you haven't watched the indie world yet, either look up an article of the games that got announced or just watch the whole thing. It's about a half hour, so it's not that long. There are a lot of awesome games that you probably want to put on your gag calendar <laughs> no, so i th- one syllable at a time no. slow 
So that's all the news that is fit to play. So stick around, grab something to drink, and we'll be right back with what we should play. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, with what we've been playing. Sean Templar, what have you been playing? Oh, I've been playing so much. I've uh, I've gotten out of my game there properly, and uh, yeah. yeah, the the last time I spoke about Ghost Recon Breakpoint, so uh, I managed to finish the game. Uh, I, I only did the main quest that game because it's a live service game. The game is just so so massive. So there's mm-hmm. loads and loads of hours of content in there to still play it if you want. Um, I, I think I took around 12 hours to finish it. Um, just doing the main quest, but it was enough for me. Um, it's one of those games that is not really an amazing game, but you just want to know how it fa- how it, the story ends, or you just kind of you're like okay being it for what it is and just playing it. Um, yeah, I hope that Ubisoft does make a new Ghost Recon, but that they kind of make a a good one out of it. Because, you know, it's a, it, the idea is super cool. It's like this tactical shooter being combined with an open world. Um, it's really nice. Uh, I really enjoy Wildlands, for example. Um, so, yeah, I, I was able to finish that. And then after that, I jumped into Mafia Definitive Edition, which I bought last year. Um, I also finished that one. Um, what I liked about Mafia is that I've played the original on PS2 and they made a lot of quality of life improvements. Um, you can, for example, skip drive, so you don't have to drive the whole way to your mission. And it is an open world game, but it it feels like a semi-open world game. And I like the fact that it feels like a semi-open world game because if you want, you can just do the main missions and then just progress through the story and then the game ends. You don't have these side missions the game forces you onto. You can collect stuff, you can do some other stuff. Uh but keep in mind that this is a PS2 game originally. Uh, so it was developed in that era with that in mind. So it's not like an Assassin's Creed game that it has this massive open world and you can get distracted by hundreds of side quests. Um it is actually a pretty focused game. And in this case I I like the fact that it's pretty focused. Um mm-hmm. And and the game has a pretty mature theme. I mean, you play as as Tommy Angelo, who's a cab driver, and then through circumstances, two uh, mobsters end up in your cab, and you have to drive them back to the to the to the, to the restaurant where their dawn is, because they're running away from other gangsters and they're shooting your car up and stuff like that. And then you somehow end up in the mafia yourself and become part of the family. How original. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it has it has a pretty your, your character goes through this pretty cool arc. Uh, you know, he falls in love with uh, with someone who's also familiar with the ways of the mafia. Her dad works at at the restaurant, so she knows how stuff goes. You know, you you get kids later on. I mean, the game starts with your character walking into a bar and trying to turn into a witness for the for the police because he's afraid of what might happen to his family. So he's like, you know what? I, I'll I don't mind coming an informant and testifying against the Don and the whole family, as long as you can guarantee my wife and kids safety, you know? Um, and then it kind of plays like you, you kind of play the game in flashbacks up until the point that he walks into the restaurant, into the bar with the cop or into the diner. 
Um, and you know, there are some pretty moment. There are moments in there that you're like, whoa, okay. Um, it kind of makes you think. There's this one part where you're uh, in a war with a rival family, and then you have to take out the the, the rival Don's brother, and he uh, you're supposed to bomb his car, so you head to his house. And then you plant a bomb in the car, and then you you're on a dist in a distance watching, and then you suddenly see his wife stepping into the car, and you're like you try to prevent it. You're like no 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 that's the wrong target. We don't want to kill his wife. We just want to kill the guy. And then the car blows up, and then the wife dies. And you're like oh shit wow okay this wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, and you you actually see your character being affected by it. You know your character sometimes hesitates to kill people because he has this consciousness. Um, so like for for a game, I mean, it was for me it was pretty cool. It felt like I was actually playing something like uh, a Godfather or a Goodfellas. You know, it was really cool from them to mimic that. Um, I know that I, I didn't like two as much as I liked one, for example. Um, there is a there is a funny thing I totally forgot about this. But um, are you gonna play the second game? Are you gonna play the game ever? Or did you ever play uh, Mafia? It? Yeah. I did back on the PC, kinda, but not a lot. I did like the early, like maybe the first hour, but that's because Do it you wasn't ever running. intend on playing it. It's is it on? It's on PC, right? It's on PlayStation. It's on PC. It's on Xbox. So, do you ever intend on playing the game? Because otherwise, I'm going to spoil I, something. I might. Okay, I might, but at the same time, I feel like I don't mind the spoilers, but some people might. So, so this is a spoiler. This is warning. your spoiler warning. Spoiler yeah. warning for Mafia yeah. One. Yeah, a game that's been out for over a decade. Yeah. Um. So in your character basically dies in the end. He gets taken out by uh by another rival family uh and then uh the dawn you testify on is called salieri and it ends with you on your lawn taking care of your garden and then some guys behind you and saying hey are you uh tommy angelo and your character says yes and he turns around and he looks this young guy in the eye and he knows this is the moment they're gonna take me out and then the guy says salieri sends his regards and then he grabs a shotgun and he blows your well, it doesn't it doesn't kill you outright, but you bleed out on the on the in the garden with your family around you, and then your character's like, "I'm okay. I'm I'm ha- I'm I don't mind dying. I'm happy that you're safe." Blah 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 to his family. The the thing I forgot was in Mafia Two, you play as the guy that shot Tommy, and you have to do this mission, basically killing Tommy in Part Two. So when I saw the guy, because the guy's name is Vito, when I saw, it, I was like, "Holy crap, that's Vito from Part Two. And then I was like, wait a minute. I think I played this part in Mafia 2. And then I quickly looked yeah. it up and it, it's a mission in Mafia 2 where you have to drive up to this guy and then you walk into up to him and then you shoot him and then uh, you have to flee from the cops. I was like, whoa, that's pretty sick that they kind of... That is pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool that they did that because I, I was like, what? Yeah, so I personally thought that was a really cool touch. That's a pretty cool touch. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't even know that one and two were connected in that way because I know that three I, I is like a completely well. different story. But yeah, um, uh, the funny thing yeah. with three is is that the character you play as in with in care in part two is a character in three that you recruit for your gang or for your crime family. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I finished Mafia Definitive Edition. Like that one. 
And then I went back to Control because it's been a while since I played Control and I needed to finish that one. I was able to finish it this past weekend. Um, Control is a really cool game, but it is a really weird game. And I still have no idea what the game's all about. It is just this paranormal... I feel like the writer of the game was just high as a kite when he wrote the story. And then it was like, oh, yeah, it's probably good. You know, this and, you know, it did that. And uh, people will like it. And then you play it and it's like, I have no idea what this game is about. I don't know what this means. They use acronyms. I'm like, I have no idea what those acronyms mean. Uh, but it's a really cool game. It looks beautiful. Um, there's a really cool, it has really solid combat, cool puzzles. Um, it's it's basically like you're going down into a rabbit hole. You're going down further and further. And in a way, it's really satisfying to kind of figure all stuff out and all this weird paranormal stuff. Um, there's definitely going to be a sequel because it has an open ending. And I think that, that Remedy also confirmed that they're working on Control 2. Um, oh, okay. There's loads of DLC that came out. Um, and there's a lot to do after you finish the game. But I felt like, you know... I've had my fair share of weird paranormal stuff. Um, I can move on. Um, so that was that. Then I also played the Back for Blood beta, um, but I didn't play a lot about it be- of it because it really yeah, felt, yeah, it it it's made by the same people that made Left for Dead. A lot of people say like, oh, this is basically Left for Dead, which isn't a bad thing. But when I started to play it, it didn't feel like. First of all, it didn't look like a PS5 game to me. I played it on PS5. I didn't really have the feeling like, oh, I'm playing this on PS5. It's not, and not, not a lot of things stood out. And secondly, it just felt a bit generic. Like, oh, okay, well, this is it. And maybe I should have played more of it. But if you're unable to kind of capture my attention in the first part, then there is no incentive for me to keep on playing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was... Uh, uh, I played that. Um, there's another game I played. I can't talk about it. I'm on an NDA, but I can say that it's from what I've played. I'm really excited. It's a game that's coming out this year. Uh, a game a lot of people have been waiting for. Um, so it's really cool. Um, a friend of mine was able to participate in the Battlefield 2042 technical alpha. And he said the game basically feels like Battlefield 3. Which for me is the best news there because Battlefield 3 was my favorite Battlefield game. I put more than 300 hours into it. I was about to ask. Yeah, he said it basically feels like Battlefield 3 in a modern look. I'm super excited. So, October 22nd, I'm going dark. Nobody will hear from me. Nobody will see me. I will come out with a huge beard, uh, probably, and and long hair, and uh, probably. A lot of blisters on my fingers because of all the battlefield. Um, so yeah, um, I'm excited for that. Okay, that and sounds then, really cool. Um, I'm. I think I have. Uh, let me think. I, I played so much stuff these last few. Uh, There's something else that you played. Yes, I'm about to get to that one, but uh, I'm thinking if I didn't miss anything. Um, we played War Warzone. Yeah, we played Warzone. You, me, and your uh, your buddy uh, brother from another mother, uh, RB Gaming, um, which was really fun. Uh, I hope you both had fun. Uh, yeah, we had. I, I had fun. He had a lot of. Well, he had what I would call 
conflicting feelings. Yeah, so he's really competitive, and because he like, can't yeah. play it properly, it it annoys him, and he's really impatient. So he starts banging his table with his controller and stuff like that. And he did a 12-hour stream last week on Friday, and I played like an hour with him. And then after the hour, we were going to play again, but I, I had some issues with my PlayStation, so I couldn't. And then he's like, so when are you coming back? I'm like, what? He's like, when are you coming back to play Warzone? I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I can make it today because I have stuff to do. He's like, oh, oh, that's too bad. I'm like, whoa, okay. I didn't know he was that into it. And he said like, how do I get better at Warzone? I'm like, the only way to get better at Warzone is by playing Warzone. Yeah, but I don't want to play with other people. So how do I get better at it? Like, you just have to put in the hours and then you get better at it. So the thing with RB, and I love love him, I really do. But the, but the thing with RB is he's, he, he really enjoys playing with other people that he knows. Yeah. He's a really social gamer, um, except that it takes time for him to get used to some stuff. Um, and like you said, he, he can get a bit impatient about that. Yeah. But the thing with him is he doesn't really like playing with random people because he wants to be able to talk, mm. you know, with his ch- with, with teammates and stuff like that. and Strategize yeah. and, like, get tips while he's playing. Yeah. And he feels that way that he improves playing that game um which is fine uh except that you know not every time you're gonna have the ability to play with one another due to either technical difficulties or other things that come out um but yeah he is very enthusiastic about it despite the fact that he can get frustrated yeah um but he just loves the camaraderie and i enjoyed that too about him like yeah like if you play a game with him you know that you're gonna have at least some laughs with him and just like like very enthusiastic playing and uh yeah i uh yeah. he has uh <laughs> I, I think he has the division too because we were talking yeah, about it because he was asking about it yeah and i told i told him like hey if you want we can also play the division two and we can i said i said uh max has it as well so we can maybe just play that and then both of you can stream it while we play it and it's like I mean, he hasn't responded yet, so I think he was working or something. But when I talked about it yesterday, he was like, "Oh, you have the division," and I was like, uh, "Yeah, I have both games, and I put a lot of hours into it." So who knows? We might uh, actually play that uh, soon, the three of us. Um, yeah. uh, there's some other games, but I don't know what I played. But what I also did well, yesterday was something exciting because I never thought I would ever do it. But I kind very of, exciting. Yeah, I pulled the trick and I did it. I I did my first stream on Twitch. Which was really Twitch exciting. Twitch influencer, yay! No, I'm not a Twitch influencer. <laughs> ah, I hate that word. But uh, yeah, so I did my first uh, stream on Twitch. You were there to help out. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, no I played uh, Days Gone on PS5. Um, I mean, I finished Days Gone last year on PS4, and I I still believe that it is one of the most underrated games of the PS4 generation. I mean, aren't the only one that said that in the stream, by the way? Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, is like. A lot of people are, are getting into the game now because either they get a PS5 and it's part of the PS Plus collection. Or, or they got it on PS Plus. They like got it on PS Plus. Yeah, like or they're, yeah, or they're hearing a lot of people talk about it. They're like, you know what? Let me just try it out. And the same with Death Stranding. A lot of people are like, what's this buzz around Death Stranding? Let me try it. And then people enjoy it. And I think that the, at the time, the game kind of got done wrong by the reviews because they were a bit mixed. But like... If you get into the game, it is an amazing game. For me, even yesterday, I mean, they did like this update on PS5 where it got 60 FPS, so they unlocked the frame rate. But for me as well, it felt like I was playing this completely new game because it looked sharper, it looked 
prettier and the 60 fps was a really nice addition i love buttery smooth 60 fps um so yeah and it was really nice i wanted to do a new game plus but for some reason my save it was it, it kept saying yeah you don't have you a save that out? yeah so I, I i think i didn't save after i finished the game because no. it said like oh yeah you don't have a save file that has a completed storyline and if i load the latest save it's the last mission before it starts so i think that i that i just yeah i assumed it'll is it a long mission no i don't think i think like maybe 30 minutes maybe maybe like do it just do it again and then you have like the new game new game plus save yeah so my idea was i'll play it offline and then i'll just play it till the part that i got on stream and then the next time i stream which is later this week i'll maybe continue from that point on um so I have the weapons and all the gear and all the skills that I have uh, from the previous save. Is it the part where? Is it the? Wait, let me. Gosh darn it! It was a long day yesterday. Was it the part where you were going after the Nero helicopter where you ended it? Uh, a little bit further than that. So it was after, after the, the Nero helicopter. Yeah. It's yeah, it's after yeah. you find out about the whole thing that the dude that lets your wife do, do you who. Deacon thought that died with your wife was still yeah. alive. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay, this dude is alive. What the heck happened to my wife? Where is yeah. she? Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't figured out my Twitch strategy just yet because part of me says I want to play games that I normally don't play. So like uh Mad of Medan or that dark anthology stuff. Because I like those games. They're kind of like until mm-hmm. dawn, and I'm okay with that kind of horror games. I'm even thinking about maybe playing Resident Evil 7 because, you know, I thought like I should just play games that I normally don't play or a bit out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm also maybe thinking about doing some Warzone, stuff like that. Because um, I, I don't want to get, uh, like there are some games that I just want to enjoy offline. Because, for example, this Friday, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut is coming out. And I thought like, should I stream that? I'm like, no, I want to be able to enjoy the Iki Island expansion on my own pace. You know, because what I noticed from streaming is like, it's really fun to do. It's really cool to interact with people because it, it basically feels like you're playing a game with friends, you know? Yeah. Um, the only tricky part is is that you, you kind of have to divide your attention between the game and your chat. And chat. And sometimes... But that's it, what you have the mods for. Yeah, Plus yeah. chat can sometimes like lead its own life. Yeah, I and that's also that kind well. of awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because Chad was leading his own life at the beginning, I kept crashing into trees with the bike in the beginning. Um, no, you were just bad at driving a motorcycle. No, Do not no. get on a motorcycle with this man. No, he I will mean, crash it into a tree. No, no, I, I can drive. <laughs> I mean, you saw that. But but like, um, and what I find difficult is that there are these moments in which Chad isn't saying anything, and yeah. then you you're like, okay, well, I can't be silent because people are here to kind of you know they're trying to play this game with me i can't be a mute because then it'll be really awkward because then it's like a stare down and it's a stare down of who speaks first and you're the one that has to speak first yeah but so I think that's I'll something that. yeah that's something that it's basically you get used to because i used to not do i used to do exactly the same thing that you were talking about where you're just playing and you're focused on the game and chat is not really active mm-hmm. and i learned that you just should just continue to talk because yeah. otherwise you're just going to have that air and it's not going to be interesting anymore. Yeah, and and people, people either out. lurk or fall out entirely. Yep. The thing is to just keep talking. And I learned that talking to yourself is a very easy thing to, a relatively easy thing to do. If you're not used to talking to yourself 
it might feel a bit challenging. But um, as soon as you get used to that fact, or as soon as you understand that you are technically talking to yourself while engaging with chat, that's when it gets fun and interesting because then you can ask stuff from chat. But at the same time, if chat is quiet, you can just continue to like commentate on what you're doing. And that's one of the reasons why I, um, I tend to play games where I, uh, I tend to try to play games that I've played before, yeah. games that I enjoy, or games that I've already played. I'm just going through the motions again yeah. that I've played recently. Um, mostly because what I've noticed is that if you, if it's a game that you're playing for the first time, if you don't have an engaging chat, it makes it a bit more difficult to have banter either about what you're doing, um, because then it's basically just reactionary talk, which yeah. can work. But the question is, how long can you keep it up for? And that's why I play. I try to play like games I've played before. You know, so I play Kerbal Space Program. I'll play like we'll get to what I've been playing. But I play other stuff that I'm more familiar with. Yeah. Um, in general, or um, something that I've played. If it's something new, I will play it, like I did with Pokemon Unite. Um. And I had the added benefit that RB, I was like co-streaming with, well, not co-streaming, but we were streaming simultaneously and we were talking to each other on Discord. So yeah. that also kind of helps. Um, I'd say if that's something that like is interesting to you, whenever you move to like not streaming directly from the PlayStation 5, we can set up like a Discord, like the Discord on our uh, Game Rifles Discord, which the link that is in the description of this episode and in the youtube channel so if you want to join us on there click on the link and you can talk to us about whatever gaming um and even stuff outside of gaming yeah um quick plug right there (laughs) shameless plug plug. so you know it's it's like with twitch it's all about figuring out how you feel about streaming what works for you and what doesn't yeah i mean like a lot of people gave me the advice like don't play a game the first time but don't play don't have your first stream be a game you haven't played before so that's why i chose days gone because it was either between days gone or spider-man remastered and a couple of people like oh dude dude, days gone dude days gone i kind of wish you did miles morales but that's fine yeah so i was thinking so the game i want to do after this will be spider-man remastered because i played the game originally when it came out in 2018 and after that i never played the game so Mm -hmm. uh, and i've been watching uh uh, so uh, another guy I follow on, uh, on Instagram, who, uh, his Instagram handle is Capriano Plays. Super cool guy. He makes these let, let's plays on his, on his uh, YouTube channel, and he did uh, Spider Man Remastered. And like I saw that, I'm like, I want to play this game. So I'll probably play it after this, and then maybe I'll do Miles Morales after that, because uh, I finished both games, I platinum both games. So that way, at least uh, I can just. I don't have to focus on the game as much because I know I, I know how it works. I've experienced the story. I won't miss out on anything. And that way I can just hang out with chat and just like respond on the game together. And I'm also thinking like, hey, if the Battlefield beta comes out, that's something I will want to stream. Um, I want to do Last of Us 2 again because um, I only played The Last of Us last year. And, then when it, and, I, and I played it when it came out. I finished it within three days that it came out because I really just wanted to see where it went and how it ended. And I feel because of that, that rush to see how it ends, I wasn't able to enjoy the game as much as I wanted to enjoy it. So I, I, I hope 
that by playing it a second time and just by taking my time, it might change the opinion I have on the game. I still think The Last of Us is an amazing game. It was not my game of the year. That was Ghost of Tsushima. Um, but maybe I, I will have some different perspectives on the game on, on some of the parts that I had an issue with. So, you know, think about that. So there's enough stuff. And who knows? I might even do... But I don't, I don't know if there's like an audience for that. Like I was thinking maybe Formula One uh, or maybe even China will grow larger together with chat. Um, um, like I still, yeah. So I still need to set up my PC for that so that we can do that. Yeah. Uh, so we can play Command and Conquer Generals again. Yeah. And, you know, like do a simultaneous stream. Yeah. Which would be really fun. And uh, China will glow that job. Yeah. So and, uh, generals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really bummed that they're not doing Generals too. They canceled that. Yeah. No, gen- they did Generals too. They're not doing Generals three. They didn't do Generals 2. They canceled it. it, it oh, right. It Sorry. Like, I'm thinking of Zero Hour. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because it was being done in Frostbite, and then it got canceled. It first went free-to-play, and, and before it came out, it got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Heck, I might even play Total War Three Kingdoms on stream if, if anybody wants to see that. Yeah, so that's also a fun thing about Twitch is, like I said, just play stuff that you like. Yeah, Because if you play stuff that you like, that means you can do more interesting banter, and you can show it off to like other people um like i actually got some like i told someone that i um that i streamed the other day and they were like oh i actually wanted to see that stream because i've never played that game Mm. i'm really curious about it so um you know there are people that are interested in like certain games maybe not a big audience but still an audience and an audience is an audience and you had a pretty big audience so like i was uh, completely shocked yeah i think i mean that's the that's the first tip I would give to anyone seeing as I experienced it firsthand yesterday is like, if you're going to do streaming, because I I was talking to a friend of mine today about it. And he said that, that we both know this guy and he started streaming on Twitch, I think like a month ago. Uh, And then he also stopped by the friend of mine. I was talking to also stopped by yesterday. He's like, Whoa, you had a lot of people in in there for your first stream. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, you know, I know a few people that said, "Hey, I, I would love to stop by," and so like the the the, the and he said, talked about this other guy. I said, "Like, yeah, he's been doing a stream for months, but he usually has like one or two viewers, but he's still grinding at it and he's still doing his thing." And I said, "Like, you know what I've learned? I learned two things. The first thing is, if you give, if you invest in others, it will always pay it back in dividend." And don't invest with the expectation that they will come back. Invest just because you like it, because. I, if you had asked me last year about Twitch and, and watching other people stream, I was like, why should I watch somebody else who's playing a game? Where's the fun in that? I mean, I have better things to do than just sit behind my computer and watch other people play. Like, ah. And then I got to know people through Instagram and I saw that they were uh, streaming. And I thought like, you know what? Let me just have a look. And then eventually you start looking at what they play and you start getting to know the people better. And then you start to talk with them and then you become a regular and then they become friends. And it was all natural. I wasn't expecting anything back because on that moment, there was no streaming on my radar for, for myself. So like, you know, I talked to people and then eventually people were like, hey, why aren't you streaming? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And then eventually some kept pushing. So like, I think you should really do it. You'll like it. And then when I said I was going to do it, a lot were like, I'm just going to, I want to be there. I want to be there for your first stream. And like a lot of people were, we're there for my first stream yesterday. So that's like the first thing I would give as a tip is like invest in others because you generally want to. And it will pay itself out with dividends. It's always like, 
give to give to people so it will it will and it, it will be paid back in in millions in return and the second yeah. tip is is like try to build an audience somewhere else before going to twitch because i think the benefit is that like we both build audiences on instagram you know you through the the your own channel page and i through the game robbers page and i think it's because of that you form these friendships with people and then people are like, you know what? I just want to see what, because people are interested in each other. Like, hey, I just want to yeah. see what happens. And because you kind of build an audience somewhere else, you automatically bring that audience with you to Twitch um, when you start streaming. So that automatically makes it a whole different story. Because, you know, I think one of the first thing people think about is when they start streaming is like, what if no one shows up? What if there are no viewers at all? What if I have to talk to myself and the whole stream, nobody shows up? I mean, that would be pretty depressing. And I think that can hurt your motivation to stream. And you can still grind on, but eventually if you don't see anything happening, you're like, okay, well, I probably suck as a streamer, so I shouldn't do this at all. Because at the same, well, whereas it could just be that people don't know that you're there because simply, for, for starters, that's one thing that sucks about Twitch is that it, has, it hasn't got any discoverability. I mean, if I open up my Twitch app and, there's no, and none of my friends are online, it will show me the recommended stuff and the recommended stuff is literally asmr ear licking stuff i'm like <laughs> yeah and i'll be honest with you i never ever said somewhere like oh yeah i love asmr ear licking stuff give it to me you know oh, that's and the grossest thing it's so nasty and before the asmr stuff it was the hot bath stuff. The hot, hot, the hot, hot tub stuff. Yeah, the hot tub and then stuff. They, and then Twitch kind of nerfed it. Yeah, and so it was like, they moved down from there. how is this recommended for me? This doesn't fit into my taste. I've never said anywhere on Twitch. There's not really an algorithm for no, that. But they just show the most popular yeah, thing. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, discoverability on Twitch sucks. I mean, on, on YouTube, yeah. if you watch a movie with a specific theme, the algorithm will recommend you stuff because they're like, oh, okay. The Maximilian guy likes watching Nintendo stuff. Let me re recommend Nintendo stuff. It's not going to say, let me recommend a girl in a Mario suit licking ASMR ears. Because they're like, no, he doesn't like that it stuff. It still might do that if it has a lot of views. It still yeah. might recommend that. But yeah, I know what you mean. I know what but you mean. that's, you know, and that really sucks. So, yeah. But besides that, um, I really enjoyed it. I want to thank everybody for being there, for their support. I want to thank you for helping out and moderating. Yeah, um, no I happy to do it. Plus, I made sure that you got a raid on your first one. I was raided. I did not expect that one because my stream started out with technical difficulties. I didn't have audio at all, and I saw the counter going up, and I was like, "Oh crap! I need to I need to fix this because people are just looking at a mute." And then be before I could fix the audio issue, I got raided. And I'm like, "What the hell is going on? What's happening? Why?" <laughs> you know? I mean, you're happy that it's happening, but you're like. You're at your worst at move because the audio doesn't work. Everybody in chat's like, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. I'm like, I know. I'm trying to fix it. But you got help from the chat to fix that. Yeah, too. Yeah, th yeah, thankfully I did. Which is, yeah. by the way, the worst. I mean, streaming from a PlayStation, I was expecting it to be plug and play. And to a certain extent, it is. But the way to, to unmute the, your audio, it's hidden mm. in a menu, which is like the worst part ever because if... I hadn't been told by someone, I would never have figured it out. And I watched YouTube videos yeah. before I started the whole stuff. So, And it still didn't work out. And nobody said, oh, when you go live, don't forget to check this setting because your audio might be muted. Yeah. 
So special shout outs to Kill the Links because uh, it was her uh, raid party that invaded yes. your stream. Uh, she's awesome. She's uh, awesome. If you're on Twitch, check her out. Kill the Links. Uh, if you're on Instagram, she's on there as well. That's yeah. how I uh, find out about her. She actually did that as well to me when I was streaming once. Oh, nice. I was like, it was like I had like a few viewers, you know, the, stand, the standard people that were watching. And then all of a sudden, she just raided my stream. It's like with 15 people. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, is the is most so people cool. I've ever had. Yeah, that is so cool. And most of them actually did stick around after that. And they've been coming back. And it's really fun. And just yeah. like, it's just fun. <laughs> I spoke to someone afterwards. And I spoke, and they asked like, hey, how's it going? How, how did it go? Blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, it was really good. Tech issues, that, 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 this, this. And then I got raided. Like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And I was like, what is being rated? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, so basically, uh, it's like uh, when, a, when a Twitch streamer is ending their stream, they just go to someone else's stream with all their viewers, kind of like to carry over. And if people want to see some more, they can stick around so that they can get to know new people. Uh, but it's like this whole positive vibe thing going on. Uh, it's super energetic, super fun. And I thought like, this doesn't make sense. It's like, you know what rating is? So basically in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you need to raid. And basically when you take your whole party and you raid other settlements and you kill everybody, you don't do that on Twitch, but you invade with your whole party and you go into that settlement. And it's like, an invasion. Yeah. yeah she, <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. She's like, yeah, that's basically what it is. So it's like a real life raid, you know? Well, there's one way to explain that. Uh, yeah, but I don't, have, I don't have fancy alerts and stuff set up yet. I'll do that Not eventually. We'll get, we'll get that. We'll get you yeah, that. you know, I was thinking like if I ever become affiliate, that would be the moment where I switch everything around and do it. Um, if you keep it up at this pace, you probably will be able to get affiliate in like a month. Uh, I, I, if I even that. I have no idea, but we'll see. But I thought, like, you know, maybe like an Assassin's Creed horn, because when you go out on a raid in Assassin's Creed, there's this horn you have to blow. I thought, like, that would be nice, you know, for some of these sounds to have, like, this massive Lord of the Rings kind of sound where people like actually feel like being invaded. Like, that's a nice idea to write down. So. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. That, that's been my whole segment around what I've been playing. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. No. <laughs> so what have you been playing? <laughs> I've been playing. Um, I've been playing a bunch of games too. Not as much as you, but I've been playing a couple of things. So one of the things that I've been playing is Death Stranding. I've gotten a bit further. I've gotten past the first part. I didn't realize that there was a first part. So I was in the like the mountainy area from the beginning, and I was keep going back and forth. And then I did the first boss, which was a thing. The whole game is so far. It's a thing. I still don't know what to explain. I do realize one thing. I like riding around on my bike. And <laughs> I finally got to the point where I can make my own bikes. And I have the uh, the power armor for your legs. Nice. So I can carry more stuff. That That is like night and day from the beginning, to be fair. Because right. you can't carry a lot in the beginning. And you do get a bike bike early on. But I messed it up and um drove off a cliff and it got destroyed <sighs> so i was like no i can't make a new bike yet yeah. but luckily after that part like quickly after that i was able to make bikes roads 
the power armor apparently the roads degrade over time which i did not know yeah i was like well that kind of sucks because it takes a long time to make a road yeah but it's, a lot of resources it's this but it's a communal thing yeah it's asynchronous multiplayer so everybody gets to contribute i love that by the way because That's really as soon cool. as you yeah. as soon as you connect one of the set like one of those the what do you call them again the, the bunkers nods. to like yeah yeah to like the strand and the, to the chiral network then you all suddenly see all of these things popping up yep. like signs and like ladders and like like now you see like other people's motorcycles that you can just use like the roads suddenly appear yeah. out of nowhere it's like i didn't finish this road suddenly it's here okay cool awesome <laughs> yeah i mean oh, i don't know if you know but you can also if you pick up a lot of stuff when you go into the menu you can say auto arrange cargo and it will automatically yeah. auto arrange your backpack yeah uh, that's the first thing i discovered yeah. like, oh this is a yeah and you answer. get more exoskeletons because you have the power one so it, it allows you to carry more but mm -hmm. you know, later on in the game, you get a speed one, which makes you run faster. Oh, and thank there's, goodness, yeah, there's also one to traverse in the snow because, you know, the game is super varied in environments. And there's mm -hmm. also one to uh, allow you to climb better. Oh, so, that's really cool. Yeah. It, like what, what's really cool about Death Stranding is that you kind of get overwhelmed in the beginning. And there's a lot of explaining in the beginning, a lot of cutscenes, typical Kojima. But eventually, it gets to the point where they're like, you know, what? we showed you enough, or we taught you, we, to we told you enough on how to how the game works. Here's your playground. Just go out and have fun. And then mm -hmm. gradually, the game gives you stuff, um, and that just adds to the experience. Because I mean, there's this part where you can get little um, two-legged drawing drones no. that take your packages to their destination. Yeah, you get those, but you yeah, you get those, but you also get like this small hoverboard and you can stack your cargo on that hoverboard so it's like a carry-on oh, okay. and then you can connect up to three on each other and then it connects to you so then when you walk it just follows you so you can carry like loads or you can use it as a skateboard you can just step on it and skate around like a hoverboard i mean there's like a lot of crazy stuff in there uh not surprising there i did run a like i didn't know if it was very early on in the game but i did come across uh Jeff Keighley. Oh, nice. Um, There's more people. So that, was, that, was, that was fun to see. I yeah. saw... There's like a bunch of characters that were like, oh, wow, this actor is in here or like this yep. person is in here. Uh, Shuhei uh, Yoshida is in there. Yeah. I Herman, haven't cr come across him yet. Yeah. Herman uh, Hilst is in there. Herman Hilst is in there, which yeah. is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They only did the likeliness, so the voice is always yeah, someone else. The voice yeah. is always someone else. Yeah. But it's still weird to see someone that you've actually met before and then it's like, oh, I have actually met you before in person. That's super weird. Mm. Uh, or I've seen you on a lot of videos or like events and stuff like that. And now you're in this game, like not being voiced by you. <laughs> I, I, I told you this before, but I met Herman Hulst in, in real life before. And he gave me like the most gamery response ever. I was like, I'm not a little kid, man. But he probably gets. Which is a awesome. weird, because you have a different experience meeting him than I did. Because with him, it was like a pure gamer thing. Yeah. We didn't even talk about like Guerrilla. We just talked about, oh, we are, he was here to pick up like Breath of the Wild, and I was here to pick up Breath of the Wild. Mm. Um, because it was, the I think it was the launch day, which is, which is pretty interesting because like Horizon had just launched yeah, like, the, days the, before. Yeah. Like days before uh, Breath of the Wild and the Switch launched. So he was there to pick up, like, I think he already got his Switch, but he didn't have Breath of the Wild, so he was there to pick that up. Yeah. 
and uh yeah we just like talked for a little bit and like hey how's it going like oh you're here to play like zelda oh cool yeah i'm gonna play it too yeah i took like a week off i'm gonna play it for like a whole week straight wow <laughs> back then you could because he wasn't the head of oh, no, i told him that oh you told that i was that. gonna oh, do that i thought he, he just, took yeah, the no he's like no nah, i'm just gonna yeah i'm just gonna enjoy playing uh zelda because it was he even he was looking forward to breath of the wild so yeah i mean yeah. like when i met him uh, uh he was talking to a, a friend of mine and said like hey you're herman hurls right the head of agree i said yep hey, cool man i'm really looking forward to uh to horizon zero dawn and then he said, and I'll never forget it. I'm like, wow. He's, and he said, like, and I can't wait to get back to the studio and finish it. I'm like, wow, that is just such a, that is not the response I expected. I'm like, I'm not a little kid, man. I just wanted to tell you sincerely that I'm a big fan of the games that your studio has worked on. And like, uh, I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then I remember like <laughs> a couple of months ago, I went to the movies in Amsterdam and I saw him like riding in the city on his bumof, like, vroom, he shaves the vest. And like, okay. Yeah. A lot of people on those bikes these days. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, like, yeah. It's still weird, a bike that you have to like enable with your freaking smartphone. They're pretty expensive bikes. Yeah, I know. Like, it's still crazy. But yeah, um, apparently they're really good. Um, so I played that. Um, I played a streaming. I played a bit more Final Fantasy fourteen. I finally got the ability to... I finally started the class that will allow me to get to become a red mage when I finish it. But I still need to get to level 50. And my time is almost up in Final Fantasy fourteen. So the real question is, will I continue Final Fantasy fourteen past the first 30 days? Any time will tell. Um, maybe I really do enjoy playing Final Fantasy fourteen. It's like way more streamlined, way more better to play. Uh, honestly, it's ridiculous how how good of an MMO it is. Like, I'm not into it is, MMO, so <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing: I'm not either. Like, I've tried WoW many, many times, and I always just fall off, mostly because I don't have people to play with. Mm-hmm. But the way Final Fantasy fourteen is structured, you literally can do it solo, and on, the only time you're playing with other people is like instances called duties, where it matches you up to a like it literally matches you up to the team composition that you need. So it'll always have a healer, two a two a two two um, melee DPS, and one tank. Or okay. two DPS attackers, so either ranged or melee, and one uh, tank. Sounds pretty accessible. It's very accessible. Plus, yeah. leveling is really quick. The if you if you're basically following the main storyline, you should be able to get to level fifty on your first class fairly quickly. Um, you don't necessarily have to do the side quest. There are specific side quests that you do need to do to unlock other aspects of the game, like the PvP mm-hmm. um, and like the world PvE thing where you're doing like this big world event. Uh, I haven't tried that yet because I'm still focusing on getting to an appropriate level so I can partake. Now, uh, you have these little instances that happen in the world called Fates. Uh, if your level is too high, you can level sync down so you can participate. It gets you rewards, uh, 
mostly it's more about the rewards than the experience points that you're getting because it's not a lot. Because it's like if you're if it's a low level fate, you're not getting a lot of experience points, but you do get these tickets that you can use to get items. Mm-hmm. Um, especially later in the game when you affiliate with one of the uh, one of the three companies, which are these military outfits for these for the countries that you can visit. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. Like you can get like secondary classes, like you know, like leatherworking or uh, weaving or tailoring or cooking or um, woodworking or stuff like that. And you can do that and you can level it up, but it's probably best to just focus on like the main game, get to level 50, get the class change, and then really get into like what the game has to offer. The story is also pretty interesting, which says a lot because there's a lot of people that I remember back in the day were like, oh, the story of World of Warcraft is really good. But there's a lot of text and there's a lot of flavor <laughs> text. And I do not like reading. I do not like reading weird font, which is what World of Warcraft did. A lot of the cuts, um, the the most important cutscenes are voiced in Final Fantasy XIV. And if they're not voiced, they are animated in a way that it seems that they're voiced. So it's mm. way more interesting to look at. You can still also you can skip cutscenes if you want to. If you're not interested, you can just skip the cutscene, even if it's the first time you're watching it. Oh, that's nice. So yeah, that's Final Fantasy XIV. I played uh, more Stardew Valley. I'm in my fourth year, which I'm assuming that's my final year. I really want to get through it as quickly as possible so I can do the multiplayer with uh, my buddy Liam. Um, wow. Can't believe I actually did it again. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, good grief. And I played a little bit more of Pokemon Unite. I've been playing way less. I think it's, it's kind of wearing off. It's wearing off for two reasons. One, the game is pay to win. Yeah. And two, um, there's still a lot of people playing. But as soon as you pass a certain threshold, you're only going to get probably mostly a lot of pay to win people that have been playing nothing but Dota and League of mm. Legends. So they have the skills to like do like the master rank. And those are the only people that you're going to meet in the master rank. And even getting to master rank is difficult, let alone getting to expert. I'm now at great class. And great class is already pretty challenging for someone who is not used to MOBAs. But doesn't it apply skill-based skill-based matchmaking? No, it's just based on the class you're in. Because uh, I think if they applied skill-based yeah. matchmaking, a lot of people will still play it. It's Pokemon and it's Tencent. I doubt that they're going to do skill-based yeah. matchmaking. Yeah, but like if you think about it, if you apply skill-based matchmaking, a lot of people will keep on playing the game. Hence, maybe a lot more people will buy the stuff. Yeah, but considering it's pay-to-win, I don't know how much skill factors into that. Yeah, they would have to change the model to maybe like say or stuff because i think that's one of the reasons why warzone works so well warzone does skill-based matchmaking and uh, there is no pay to win yeah at least i don't think so um <laughs> <laughs> but you, that i mean it's it's really obvious because like when i play warzone with the with the group of friends i play with it's always like this super high level that we get matchmaking into because we you know we get to make kills and we often win so it's like a whole different class that we're matchmaking. And then I, sometimes I see other people 
playing it on streams or whatnot. And then I'm like, they're like, oh, yeah, I got this. And they're like, yeah, look at me. And then I'm like, yeah, that's because you're being matchmaked on your own level, which is still a low tier. Because wait till you get to the higher tiers. Then it's <laughs> not as easy as you're pretending it to or you're you're trying to look at me, uh, make it. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're trying to make it look. Yeah. 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 And outside of that, I finally did my first stream as a Twitch affiliate. Nice, congrats. Which was really fun. I had a lot of people coming in and supporting, and that was awesome, and that was fun. You I played Secret of really Mana. Crazy. That I did something really crazy. You did. You voiced all the text in the game. Oh, no, not all of it. Oh, at least for what I could see. I did some of it. Yeah, so, like I said before, um, you don't want, like, down... You don't want any downtime in terms of, like, interacting. And... Well, Secret of Mana is a 16-bit game. It does not have voice acting. So I took it upon myself to, like... Bring the game the to 2020, 2021. <laughs> Bring the game to 2020 yeah, and you voice rem- it myself. You ba- you bas- <laughs> yeah, you basically remastered the game. <laughs> People seem to enjoy it, so I kept doing it. I, uh, I know. I saw them cheering you on. I was there. Uh, yeah. I was shocked. And that was that was super weird. Like... Again, like when I started streaming again on Twitch, Twitch becoming a Twitch affiliate was not a goal. I didn't set that as a goal. My goal was playing games that I enjoy, sharing it with other people. And that continues to be my goal. Um, but now I'm Twitch affiliate, so now I get subscribers, yep. which is weird. And I get bits, which is even more weird. But very appreciate. I do appreciate like the support through like subscribers and bits, and it's like a whole different level of. I want to say appreciation that you get from your chat, um, outside of the fact that they're interacting with you and you're either talking about the game or other random stuff about video games in general. Um, I was in a chat, not in my chat, but another chat, and it got completely derailed. Actually, I've been in a lot of chats. Where it just gets completely derailed, yep. and you like the chat is talking about something completely different, not even about the game anymore, and we're just having random weird conversations. And the person streaming is like, "What is going on in the chat? I'm so distracted. I want to play the yeah. game, but at the same time, it's like they're talking about weird stuff I, that has I, nothing I, to do with the game." <laughs> I, I I got that when I was watching uh, someone I know uh, streaming Cyberpunk. Yeah. And uh, there were uh, three really funny uh, women in that, which I know. They also stream. But I didn't expect them to talk about the topic they were talking about. And like it took like this whole weird turn. And I, and I was in the chat like, what the hell is going on? And I was expressing that. And then they all started to laugh. And they're like, uh, oh, Sean is, uh, is losing it out. I think we lost Sean. Uh, Sean, uh, like seantemper.exe has stopped working you know stuff like that <laughs> so yeah uh, it can get really funny uh at times yeah yeah but I, and i think that's like i to me at least is the biggest appeal that i did that i was not aware of when it comes to either live streaming or watching people live stream because i always felt like the same as you like why would i watch someone playing a video game that's yeah. kind of pointless and then, like my, like my best friend, he's like he watches like a bunch of streamers. 
But I'm like, what's the appeal of it? Because for one, he tends to watch bigger streamers. Mm -hmm. So there's a way more active chat. Yeah. Like, what is the appeal of that kind of level of interaction? I don't know if I could actually... I don't know if I myself would be able to handle a chat like that without having mods, like actual yeah. mods that are like, uh, like you know, I have mods. I have my best friend who mods when he has the time, and RB also mods for me, who's done a super great job at doing that. But what happens if I grow bigger? I seriously doubt that I would be like on ninja levels or Amaranth levels. Yeah. But if you start getting like regularly like a couple of tens to like a hundred and it grows and it grows how do they keep up with their chat in that way that chat is insane people are yeah. constantly typing yeah and even if you have even if they have like slow mode enabled it's still a lot of chat it's like a machine gun it's like when you when you yeah. look at it as an outsider you just see it as a machine gun scroll going on and I'm like, how do these people keep up with it? They're apparently able to keep up with it. I yeah. just don't know how. But I've I, watched a few of them. I still don't know how. But they? I think that they don't, they don't, they don't respond to everyone saying because, like, when when you well, like, you can't because it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. But like, what I don't like, and that's something I would, I, I would hope that never happens to me, and I, I think it's for you as well. Is like, I've seen big streamers do streams, and then people donating stuff. And that they don't even respond to the donations or to the subs. And I'm like... Which is something that you have to do. It's even you have in the to show one of Twitch. Yeah, you have to show gratitude. No matter how small that person is. Because you have no idea what's the story behind it. If that person is scrapping all of its money together to just do that one single donation or that one subscription. You don't know that. It's not like they're rich, you know? Or that they yeah. have loads of, of bits to give away. So like I've seen like really big streamers, and then somebody donates money, they don't even look at it. They're like, they yeah. just keep on playing. And I'm like, that's not how it's supposed to work, man. That's just no. basic, common decency, one on one. Always be grateful for what you get, get yeah. because people could also say like, I'm not giving a dime or anything to you. Uh, there was this really sweet person on my on my on my uh, stream when I streamed again, and she, and uh, she had like I think. 18 bits or something like that that's all she had and she it was, was eight. like it was uh, last week oh right? it was eight yeah, yeah it was eight that's all she no she it was 18 she gave 10 and then she gave eight and then she was like ah, that's okay. all that's all i have and it's like i was like dude that's fine like you know it's like i was just grateful i was like thank you for the bits because yeah. for one i never thought i'd reach this point and for two it doesn't really matter if you don't have the bits or not i'm just glad you're here yeah, and if you're willing to give me bits, even if it's eight, if it's ten, if it's one. twenty, I don't care. If it's one, it's fine, you know. But you know, as long as you're here and you're enjoying yourself, and we're enjoying each other's company, yeah, exactly that. Uh, mission, mission, mission accomplished. Yeah, this and message will self-destruct in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The episode's not over yet. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that has that's basically what I've been playing. So I've been playing Secret of Mana on Twitch. I will probably continue to do so because there are still people that are interested in it, which which is always it looked like, like a fun are game. Interested in it is a fun game. I know, but like it, for me, <laughs> who is not a JRPG fan, yeah, it looked like a fun game. It's more fun when you get to play with other people because it's a multiplayer. There game is a three D remake, right? 
I do not speak of the 3D remake. But is it that bad? I do not speak of the 3D remake. Just like you don't speak of the Super Mario movie that was once made in the 90s. Oh, no, I acknowledge that it happened and that it's a piece of crap. Okay. But at least it's something that happened and it L- let me put it this way. Us, is the remake an interesting impact? Is the remake so bad that you don't want to play it? Oh no, it's so lazy that I don't want to play it. Okay, cuz I thought maybe 3D graphics might, you know, make it nicer. Yeah, when I compared that to what they did with Trials of Mana, which which was also a 3D remake, it is far superior than what they did with Secret of Mana. Mm, okay. What they did with Secret of Mana is basically what um, Game Freak decided that they'd let another developer do with Diamond and Pearl. Hmm. It's a kind of a lazy remake because it's basically taking the old graphics and redoing them in 3D and basically changing nothing. Hmm, That sucks. And yes, they added voice acting to Secret of Mana, the remake. I'm pretty sure I did a better job when I did it on my stream. <laughs> I knew you were going Which to say that. Which is saying a lot. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Which is saying a lot. And I just did it on a whim. Yep. At least mine was entertaining. Oh, it, it was that. For, at least, yes. <laughs> I shouldn't toot my horn too big. Um, but yeah, I, I was just kind of really disappointed. First, I was disappointed because it wasn't announced for the Switch. Then it came out, and then I saw the reviews and the gameplay, and then I was like, dodge the bullet. Okay, yeah. I can imagine that. Yeah, I mean, it it would be like if Metal Gear Solid got like a super lazy remake. I think... All they did did was up-res it, and maybe let it run at 60 frames, and that's it. I think you would see a newspaper article the day after that the Kojima Productions offices has been burned down in a fire. Don't you mean Konami? Because Konami owns that property. Yeah, but like, I don't think Konami's going to remake that game. The the rumors oh, are hope- never going to happen. No. Yeah. Wait, what are the rumors? That Sony's working on it, that Bluepoint is working on it with the blessing of Kojima uh, Productions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll see. If, I mean, it's still oh, a big rumor, so... Maybe that's the game we're going to get if Horizon gets pushed to next year. Well, considering that it's a rumor, I would not put that much... I wouldn't. It's a rumor that's been going it. around for three years. True, but I still wouldn't put a stake on it because there's no... Yeah, sure, if there's smoke, there's fire, but who says that there's actually fire? Maybe it's just kindling. Well, let me just put it this way, and I have still I still have no idea what it is, and it's I, I firmly believe it's one of Kojima's tricks. This is a little side tangent, but there's this game that got announced on the PlayStation blog a while back. It's called Abandon. It's made by a Dutch studio here in Leiden. Um, so far, we've only heard of one person working there, which is uh, uh, his name is Hassan Karaman, and um, he's been. Uh, talking about you know we're gonna do this interactive app on the ps5 and we're gonna show you off the visuals and the sound and yada 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 but uh you know the start these these rumors started to emerge or this this pattern started to emerge kind of like with mgs5 at the time with moby dick studios and stuff like that but like the studio's name is blue box studios 
But if you look at the logo, it is the PlayStation Studios logo, but then reversed in colors and in, in stuff. So it's basically the same font and it's the black and white logo, but the inside's white and the outside's black instead of the other way around. So people were like, this could be a Sony-owned studio. And then there were some other references that kind of thought like, hey, because they said we're going to reveal Abandoned is a working title for our game, but we're going to reveal the name of our game pretty soon. And it starts with an S and it ends with an L. And everybody was like, Silent Hill. I mean, it's two words. Can't be anything else than Silent Hill. They were like, oh, no, no, no. It's definitely not Silent Hill. We were really flattered, but it's not Silent Hill. And like everybody's like, what are you doing, man? You're pulling our leg. And then uh, last week, no, two weeks ago, they posted this teaser saying on August 10th, there's going to be an update to the app and we're going to show you the visuals and the yada, yada, yada. The teaser they posted is basically a picture of the word abandoned and behind it is a blurred out face or like a face which is a little bit blurry. That face has a beard, a mustache and an eye patch. So everybody was like, this is Solid Snake or this is Big Boss because, I mean, this looks so obvious. And then August 10th comes around and minutes before the update launches for the app, there's a technical difficulty. And then they go onto Twitter and like, we were working on it, but we're a small studio and we don't have all the resources to do it. Another update goes on. We're still going to do the update, but it's going to take a little while. Another update goes out on Twitter. Yeah, we, we, we're still working on it. We really want to drop this update. A couple of days before that, they post this teaser on Twitter of a man walking. You just see this dark alley and you see a man walking. Eventually, the update drops, and it's the same bloody teaser they posted on Twitter. So now, like, everybody's like, what is this elaborate scheme or this weird-ass marketing campaign in which Kojima is, is clearly involved, but they're denying everything? Kojima isn't denying anything. He's not confirming anything. Um, but Kojima started to say weird things on the anniversary of the PT demo a couple of days ago. So... Um, who knows what's going on? <laughs> Who knows indeed? Who knows indeed? Yeah. Yeah. There's a little so, side tangent. Yeah, side tangent. It's fine. That's what we're here for, right? Yeah. So, wow, that was a big what we've been playing, wasn't it? it Suddenly was... diverged into Twitch, uh, talking about Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could uh, we could always do a segment around Twitch if people want it, like sharing tips and tricks. I think you'll share more than I do, but... Uh, if people could, are interested, yeah, sure. It could be interesting because you're an, an experienced streamer and I'm a starting streamer. So yeah, like you can have two angles uh, sharing it. If people are interested, let us know. Yeah. So with that out of the way, Sean, will you do the honors? I will try to do my best. Um, so thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Game Rivals. Um, you can find us on all our favorite... Pa- on. Blah. <laughs> You can find us. <laughs> you got that too, didn't you? <laughs> Slow, syllable at the top. You can find us on your favorite podcasting platform. Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcast, Overcast. You name it, we're probably there. Um, you can find us on YouTube, finally. Uh, we're putting up these episodes slowly. And uh, we'll uh, start working on the backlog episodes as well. Um, I don't, and I think Maximilian has the same, we don't like saying this, but we have to, unfortunately, for the, for the 
greatness of mankind and for the future of game rivals. And for reachability. And for reachability, mostly. <laughs> Please consider liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel as it helps us out a lot. Um, we would love to have more people see the game rivals funny stuff or crazy stuff we're doing um same goes for the podcasting platforms please feel free to leave a review a, a hopefully a good review and a, and a comment it helps out because discoverability on podcasting platforms is even worse than on youtube um yay so so <laughs> yeah i mean we don't like asking because i always believe like if people like the content they will like or subscribe by itself but sometimes you kind of need to call people to action to do it so um, this is us doing that so thank you um, you can find us on Instagram at um, Maximilian underscore X is where Maximilian is at. At Game Rivals is where you'll find me. Um, we're also on Twitter at Game underscore Rivals underscore. Maximilian is also on Twitter at Maximilian. Um, you can find us on Twitch at uh, Maximilian underscore X or I, or me, at uh, Sean Templar. Um, you can email us uh, GameRivalsFeedback at gmail.com. And you can leave us a voice message through Anchor. Uh, I don't think anybody does that because I think it's too many steps. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Uh, we, Even you though it's literally one click. I, I know, I know. The yeah. the only one we got was like a guy doing like, hey, I'll do a shout out if you shout out me. And like, no thanks, but we're good. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can, you, you can find us wherever you want to find us. On that note, this segment is taking far too long. I have been and always will be Sean Templer. And I have been, and always will be, Maximilian X. We'll catch you on the next one. Later.